or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I... I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Oh, music to the ears. Tyler McComas, little Sam Pittman on a Friday. And as always, we are promoting it. We are promoting a cold beer. It's 5 o'clock. Weekend is here. And um, good times. We got a lot going on. We got a new defensive coordinator, new linebacker coach. We got some things crack a lacking in the transfer portal. We got Oklahoma hoops going on this weekend at home against ISU, an elite defensive team. So there's plenty of stuff to get into. I don't know if Zach Alley is a man that partakes in such activities, such as the cold beer, mm-hmm. but if he is, what a heck of a time to crack one open, huh? Yeah. I mean, we, we've been talking about it from the OU side of things, but can, consider what's happened to him recently. A GA at Clemson from 2015 to 2018. Yeah. He's the youngest defensive coordinator in the FBS in 2021 at ULM. Ends up at Jacksonville State. And he's going to go from Jacksonville State to the defensive coordinator position at OU. Now, it's not his defense. He won't be the only one running it. It's Brent Venable's defense. We've said that multiple times today, and we'll get into it again here in a few minutes. However, just from that point, though, you're going to be the youngest defensive coordinator in probably the Power Five next year, and you're the D.C. at OU. It's a hell of a spot to be in for that guy. Man. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. It's – and, you know, he is – again, this is all things that I've heard. I don't – I've never met him, but – High energy guy um, is probably going to hit the ground running as soon as as soon as he's here and everything gets finalized. Which I guess we do have to say uh, we have not seen any Correct. official announcement from the University of Oklahoma, but um, I feel pretty confident saying that that's going to happen. Imagine he hits the ground running right away, and I think the. You know, again, just to echo what we've been talking about, I think the recruiting part of the hire is what I am most excited about. I think he's got a chance to really make a dent in the recruiting part, and uh, not that not that Ted Roof wasn't, but I just I think that he's got the potential to be excellent, and that would make man. You want to talk about if 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 he is a good recruiter. You want to talk about a, a staff that side of the ball that is going to be excellent out on the road recruiting? Yeah, I mean, well, we've seen it. I mean, Todd Bates. He he. I don't think he needed to prove himself this year. I mean, I think he did that at Clemson. But again, best defensive line haul in recent memory for OU. Brandon Hall, what he's done. Jay Vali- I mean, that is. And that's not even talking about the offensive side of the ball. But to your point, the defensive side of the ball. Those recruiters. Dang man. If Zach yeah. Alley's on the level of those guys, then they've they've really got something. And and we're seeing like the defensive talent in in a recruiting class is night and day different than what it was three years ago. Yeah, and I don't know how surprising yep. that is by for some, but 
Zach Alley, and I'm sure that he knows a big part of his job will be on the recruiting side. And I'm going to guess that he has some ties in the southeast for the, some of the places that he's been. It could be one heck of a hire on the recruiting side for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it uh, where it ends up. But I, I think that I think he's going to be a nice addition there on the recruiting side of things. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm anxious to see what what uh, what all happens with this with this hire, and you know what what spin or influence he'll have on the defense, and what direction maybe they lean a little bit more towards that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have. But I know University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables is probably already has his his mind on a you know, maybe a, a, a different direction or a couple of different wrinkles or new things that he wants to do defensively as they start off on their Southeastern Conference journey. Anxious to see what those are. Yeah, well, as we've said multiple times, it's, it's going to be Brent Venable's call at the end, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's just all Brent Venable's. Like, he'll, he's hiring this guy not open or willing to some of Zach Alley's ideas that he has. Like Zach Alley will have an influence as a defensive coordinator. It's just mm-hmm. the final say will be the head coach. And, man, regardless who they would have hired here, if they would have promoted Brandon Hall, if they would have got – like, whoever they would have gotten. Like, wouldn't you want that to be the case? Where a guy that's won multiple national championships as a defensive coordinator and one of the best linebacker coaches of the past 50 years still has influence on that position – and that side of the ball. And I know that he has other responsibilities. He's still got to be a head coach. But, man, like right. that's how that guy made it to this point. Being an elite defensive coordinator, I would still want his fingerprints all over the defense. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, you know that's how I feel. Um, that's the reason he got the job. That's the reason you, you brought him here is because – he had some really good defenses whenever he was defensive coordinator here previously and had some great defenses whenever he was at Clemson. That's why he was on your list. You brought him here because we needed to get way better on defense, and we have. We haven't completed that journey yet. I think next year is really – I think that's the year it's all going to come together for us defensively. I think we got a chance to be really good. Well, and that's – it, it just felt like a good time for if, – if people are still hung up about the age here, this is a good time for that to happen. Because of everything we just talked about with Britt being the head coach, but who this guy is going to be coaching at linebacker next year. Right. Because Danny Stutzman's coming back. Kip Lewis just had a really good year. Canick, you got a, a lot of young talent there. That's got a chance to be the best OU's been at linebacker in – I, I don't even know when to go back to – to be quite honest with you. Right. It's been a while. Yeah. Well. Um, so he's not going to roll into that. And even if he did, it'd be the same point. Well, it's Brent Venables is mostly going to be coaching the linebackers. But he'll be taking over the linebacker position. He'll be the linebackers coach with a ton of experience at that spot. Right. Well, we that room still, I know we've got, Stutzman coming back, um, so we'll have a lot of experience there. But I mean, in my opinion, we still got a battle going on at the Mike Backer spot and at the Cheetah spot. Now, it sounds like 
Harrington is going to get his year uh, right in that what we're we've we've been I, hearing. Yeah, I it just I think he made a comment yesterday, but it's one of those that if Alan Bowman got a seventh year, you would think that he finds out soon that that he's right. going to get another year as well. Right. So you hopefully you have Harrington. You got Desan McCola, and you know I don't know maybe someone else from that backer room, uh, Carter, Omasigo, maybe even Canick. I, you know, I think, I think ultimately maybe Venable's vision for Canick was to be the cheetah originally, and kind of bring him up to speed before he makes that transition. I don't know if that's still the case, but it's something to think about. Um, but there's some good young players in that room, but we need development. We need consistency at the Mike Backer spot. And, I mean, that's going to be task number one for Allie whenever he gets here on campus. We were talking yesterday about the potential of James Skalski being the linebacker's coach. That's not going to yeah. happen here. Uh, I'm going to guess that he stays around in Norman. Maybe he gets a job elsewhere. I, I haven't heard that if that's the case. Think about that situation for the backers next year. Because Brent's not going to spend any less time with the linebackers. He's still going to be there. And if you have Zach Alley there, a young, hungry coach, your defensive coordinator, and James Skolsky hanging around, like, dang, dude, that's that, – like, th- that position is uh, in, in interesting hands, isn't it, with, like, three coaches there at all times, essentially? No, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I uh... – I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. And I mean, that's, I that's three. That you, like that's like, that's your head coach there, your defensive coordinator yeah. that's there, and then a guy who wants to be a linebackers coach r- really soon. That's like no other position I think has that dynamic next year with that. So how that works out will be uh, will be fascinating. Nine one eight says defense returns ten guys that started. They had better be good. I think right. it's well, made, well I, ten guys that did start this year, but eight towards the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, uh, they they could afford some some pieces on the interior. I'm I really like the way uh, Dejon Terry ended the season. Um, Lacey had some some really nice moments in there as well, but I think everyone agrees like we need. We need some size. We need some playmakers. We need some pass rushers there in the interior. We got some young guys coming in now. Uh, they're going to be a little light in the ass, if you know what I mean, size wise. I mean, what stone probably goes 270? E, 270. Yeah, probably. Um, maybe 275. Which, let me see here, actually. You know, that's. It's not a bad size to start off because you you know you get good explosive uh like body composition and you you're not worried about speed or or anything like that but 275 on 24 7 yeah you you want him at three bills and he's got time to get there we'll see where he is by the time the season comes around but you know those guys are going to be asked to be in the mix right out of the gate and it ain't going to be easy not easy duty, uh, but if if you hit on one of those guys that could be a, a regular rotation guy and, dare I say, uh, a star, 
then you can really be something on defense. Slim, uh, 24-7 has them at 275. Slim Brady says listed at 280, 285. So, there you go. Some, yeah. some, somewhere in that range. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk more about it on Monday. What's, what's your excitement level for the championship game, Michigan and Washington? High. As high as I can remember. There's just two contrasting styles. I'm very interested to see which one wins out. I'm, two contrasting I'm definitely styles rooting for and, Washington in the game, 100%. Yeah, I am too. It's two uh, contrasting styles, and it's, it's just it's nice to have some new blood in there. And I don't mind a dynasty, you know. I don't mind greatness that is there year after year. But now it is. It, I think it is cool to see two new teams in. And, frankly, it's not like a an upset situation where you got to the – like it could be a situation where you had, uh, you know, a couple of upsets and here we've got a, maybe a letdown title game. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's a great title game. and has a chance to be, because of the contrasting styles – one of the better games that we've seen in the championship. Yeah, I, w- what's interesting to me is, and, and I want to go back to before the 2023 season. So, like, h- here are the teams that were playing in national championship games, okay? Georgia okay. and Alabama, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Clemson, Bama, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. Like, you get the point. Clemson yep. was kind of a Johnny-come-lately, but they really established themselves and they became – kind of a regular in that championship game. Just kind of shuffling the deck there with like the same four right. or five teams. Now, Washington made the playoff in 2016, but they didn't win the game, and they fell in some hard years after that, you know? Yeah. Washington was a surprise. TCU was absolutely a surprise to make the championship game, and those are two of the participants the past two years. I think it'll be an interesting case study moving forward. Um, is that because of the portal? Is the portal showing us that there will be more parity in the sport? Or did yeah. Washington just strike gold on a transfer quarterback from Indiana and did TCU just have a, an old football team that have played a lot? You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know if this, these past two years are an example of what the future is going to look like, but it's an interesting case study, if, if nothing else. Because we haven't had two teams like that make the championship game in a, in a while before I those agree. two years. I agree. And uh, here's the thing is, like, TCU, they were a really good football team a year ago. But uh, they were hanging on to their ass all the way the last half of the season. Right? They oh, were they winning. had that miraculous game-winning field goal at Baylor. Yeah. Yeah, it was like every single game, it was just, you know, right down to the wire. And I don't want to take anything away from them, but – that I don't think TCU is anywhere close to being on the level of this Michigan team and this Washington team. Washington, they have a legit superstar quarterback that throws as good of a ball as I've seen Man. in a long time, and an unbelievable wide receiver. They're they're just a really good all around solid football team that that's got some serious star power in some spots. And Michigan is just. Michigan is old school, absolutely smother you football. Yeah, I mean, that's why the, the style – I'm just trying to think back to recent games. And, and TCU was a team that liked to spread it around, throw it, but 
have we seen two different styles in a championship game like this recently? Like, forget forget so. the pedigree of the programs, but it seems like a lot of these championship games recently, they've kind of been about, you know, they go about things a very similar way. Not not this one, dude. Well, One or the other is going to win out. Either Washington's going to be able to throw the ball down the field and that's how they're going to win the game, or Michigan's going to be in the backfield all night long and that's why they win the game and their ability to yeah. run the ball. I mean, uh, that's – I like – one of the reasons I like this game so much is that I love that Michigan has made it to the championship game and they've got a chance to win the championship. And I, it's as old school of football as you can get. And I've been told over and over and over a million times about how you just can't play like that anymore. And you can play like that. They got a chance to hoist a trophy. You, so you you can. They played played like that and beat Alabama. I don't think that was Nick yep. Saban's best team, but they played like that and beat Bama. Is this Harbaugh's last college football game? I don't know. Some people are starting to say like, really, all he wants is a Super Bowl, which I I don't know. He's psych. He's psychotic. I don't think he knows what he wants from one moment to the next. Right, he may so, have uh, he may negotiate in his new contract. Like, you know what? I kind of like taking half of the games off this regular season. Let's just do that. Yeah. I'll coach six of the games, and we can rotate assistants the other six. What a crazy year it's been for Michigan! And hey, give them credit; they marched right through all of that controversy and. I don't even know what's going to come of it. It's all in the rearview mirror, isn't it? Dominated their way there, too, man. Yeah. Yeah, It's just kind of like a footnote. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they got caught in some massive cheating scandal, and nothing really occurred. Fascinating. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Final hour on a Friday, taking you into the weekend. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, OU, Iowa State, men's hoops tomorrow, 5 p.m. inside the LNC. That game will be on ESPN+. And the portal, a lot going on in the portal right now for OU. I mentioned earlier that Baylor tied in Jake Roberts is at Norman right now, along with his uh, younger brother, four-star tight end Nate Roberts of Washington in the 2025 class. And shout-out to John and Blanchard. He says that um, the Bama center is at OU today, which is uh, Seth McLaughlin. It was yeah, reported was... earlier today that he's going to be at Ohio State this weekend, so maybe mm-hmm. he's doing Norman today and Columbus tomorrow. What we had, what, the KU offensive lineman in yesterday or this week, right? Armage Reed Adams. And, yeah, I don't know. I know that. He had a bad game snapping the football, and that's kind of been an issue for him all season. But 
Um, other than that, he's, I think he's a good player, isn't he? I, dude, I didn't sit there and watch a ton of him yeah. <laughs> this year. To be quite honest with you, like he had issues snapping the football. Or OSU, or excuse me, OU had some issues snapping the football the past couple of years as well at times. So, yeah. So that yeah, that's well, a name to watch out for. Like on the offensive line, I guess there's three names to talk about right now: Seth yeah. McLaughlin uh, from Bama, Armage Reed Adams from Kansas, and then Michael Tarquin, who was at USC this past year. Um, Sounds like the Tarquin deal. Well, his mom's changed yeah. his profile, her profile pick to OU, so that normally tells you something. Yeah. Um, Tarquin. How do you spell that? I don't know exactly. Um, on my rundown sheet, I just spell it with these portal guys. I how just it spell sounds? it how it's yeah, – yeah, uh-huh, correct. Nice. <laughs> right. I like that. But I'm going to guess well, T-A-R – Q U I N N. That's how it sounds. That's how it sounds. That's to how me. I spelled it uh, on the rundown sheet. Tarquin. Nice. Well, I, I, you know, there was, there's been a bit of panic from people with Oklahoma and the offensive line, and the transfer portal. Um, I, it's, it's good to see that they've got, they've got some stuff brewing there. They've got some, some players in and. Now, obviously, could be making some moves. Well, and also, too, um, to get how, however many you're going to take, two or three, to get those guys in before spring ball starts. You know, just to try and develop some continuity because I think with any offensive line, you need continuity. But if you're going to have two, maybe three, new starters on the offensive line who didn't play for you last year, Continuity could be the most important thing for OU's offensive line next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that is a – that's a key thing. Now, offensive line, you would love to have a group that's played together for years, and it's just that's not going to be in the cards for us. What we want is an offensive line that's played together through spring ball training camp and in the season, right? I mean, that's that's about all we can ask for at this point. So, um, I don't know. I'm again, like I was saying, I I am pretty optimistic, and I feel pretty good about what Bill Beanbow is going to put on the field next season on the offensive line. I don't know what who's who it's going to be made up of? Is there going to be freshmen in there? We got a well, it looks like a good freshman group coming in. Is it going to be transfer portal guys? I don't know what exactly it's going to look like, and maybe a big portion of it isn't even on campus yet. But I'm confident that he's going to put together at the at at least a solid group, yeah. and perhaps a really really good group. Well, if uh, <laughs> if it's not, if it's a complete disaster. At least you have a quarterback that can move around back there a little bit. But all, all joking aside, important for a lot of reasons for the offensive line to be good next year. But I just – I hope you don't see a quarterback next year his first full time as a starter. And not that I don't want him to ever get outside the pocket and make plays. Like Jackson Arnold seems like the type of kid that he can make some off-script plays. Heck, I think he, he did it in the Alamo Bowl and he threw that touchdown to Nick Anderson, right? 
But yeah. I don't want that to just be, oh, my God, I'm, I'm always expecting or feeling pressure. i got to get outside the pocket. I'd still like to see that kid hang in there more times than not. Yeah. Well. Just to look way too far ahead to next year on he uh, January looked, 5th. He looked almost too comfortable in the pocket at times. I mean, there was guys like right around him already beat their blocker and he's just you know i know he can feel him and is just calm is right there and delivers a good ball i mean that there was some stuff from jackson arnold in that game that looked excellent now it's just some traits and and some things that you kind of pick up on uh it's not necessarily all just big throws and big plays like, there were some little nuanced things that he did that looked like they could turn into some high-level football, high-level yeah. quarterback play. There were some overreactions um, right after that game that he stinks and shouldn't start next year and there's an open competition. But everyone had overreactions after their bowl game. That's why ESPN did a story on it today. Mm-hmm. Bowl game overreactions. That was OU's overreaction, right? Jackson Arnold wasn't any good. They don't have OU listed, but here's what they do have listed. Overreaction number one, Ole Miss will challenge for a spot in the expanded college football playoff next year. Huh. I don't even know what it means to challenge for a spot in the playoff next year. Is that like a top year. 20 team next year? Because That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think don't that's an overreaction. It. It's, it's the new, well, it's a tournament team. <laughs> it really kind of is now, right? You win yeah. eight or more games, you challenge for the two, eight or nine games, challenge for the 12-team playoff. O- overreaction number two, based on the success of the Pop-Tarts Bowl, it says every bowl mascot should be uh, edible. Huh. Yeah. Look at Pop-Tarts. You think Pop-Tarts are having a surge in their sales? I think I read a story on that a week ago that it, like the – media that they got out of that was an incredible number like yes i i I bet that's the case and you know what i didn't really care about pop tarts one way or the other but i'm rooting for that that company now that brand i'm rooting for them after that bowl game yeah there you go here is it really all all you can ask for is just if you're gonna host a bowl game show up do something cool right yeah this, I, I mean, I, I guess I expected some like crazy overreactions in this story. This one just says Arizona will compete for the Big Twelve title. Now, again, kind of like Ole Miss. What, what does that, what does that mean? Finish in the top four, finish in the top five. An overreaction to me would be Arizona will win the Big Twelve title next year, or will be picked to. Yeah. Which hell, that may not even be an overreaction. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. It I can't even begin to guess w- like what we're going to do next year until I can see a completed roster at least to some degree, right? I mean, at some important spots, offensive line, like I've said, I feel confident that we're going to have at least a solid group there. But, you know, if we hit a couple of nice portal spots that I wasn't, you know, that I maybe didn't have cooked in, then maybe I feel a little bit better about it. Same thing on the defensive line and, and edge. If we, we pick up a, 
maybe a star player or two, that could that could really change what you think. And what if you have a true you know, freshman knows? that comes in and looks like the truth from day one, or a kicker? Oh, now okay, now you're getting crazy. Getting yeah, now, that's, now, that's, yeah. Now, now, uh, now you're getting everyone. We uh, spun out of control. Let's so. rein this thing back in. We better but take it to a break. Apparently, uh, David Stone and BJ Brooks. We've talked about it this week, but they had awesome weeks in Orlando. That doesn't mean that they're going to have awesome training camps next year. But apparently, David Stone looked the uh, looked the part against some elite players. And yeah. now, I. There's a pretty pretty popular sentiment that after what happened in Orlando, that if people weren't already there, the people that were there are, yeah, he's the best defensive tackle in this class. Wow, that's big time. I like that. And, you know, the offensive line guys, there looks like there's a bunch of potential there because Brooks, you mentioned, Akinkumi looked really good, and then... Uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis, I think, has the potential to be a, a really good football player, too. And maybe that's further down the road and uh, maybe in defensive line possibility. Who Whoa. knows with the way that, okay. way that he moves? I don't know. Um, I Really good line of scrimmage haul for the Sooners this year in recruiting. I think that, that's got to make you feel pretty good. So, all right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left on a football Friday. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Final hour on a Friday, it is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. You don't have any uh, three-inch blue painter's tape on you by chance, do you? No. Okay. I'm just answering a text on the text line. It happened again. Uh, and, yeah. and, and normally it's Greg from Lawton. He's trying to text his wife, but accidentally texts us instead. I don't know what he's using the three-inch blue painter's tape for. No kidding. But it says, hey, babe, do you mind running by Sutherland's on your way home and grabbing a couple of rolls of three-inch blue painter's tape? I thought that he might be talking to you, especially the babe part, but apparently that was to his wife. Sutherland's? That sounds like a uh, local hardware store in, in Lawton, Sutherland's. Well, there's a – there's like Sutherland's is really big – like in the Tulsa area, isn't it? Is there? I don't even know. Is there even a Sutherland's in Oklahoma City area? No clue. I don't even know. I guess there there probably is. I just haven't seen them. Sutherland's huh. Lawton. Yeah, it's just a it's a hardware store. Home improvement. Home improvement nice. chain is what it says. I like it. I like it. Well, so if someone in Lawton could get our guy Greg from Lawton some three-inch blue painter's tape, that would uh, that that help out quite a bit. Slim Brady says Sutherland's is pretty big. Yeah, it is. I know it's big. I, I think it. it's big in the in the Tulsa area, like Tulsa, Northwest Arkansas. That I think that area it's really big. Trying to, uh, there's some sporting goods store, and they had one in Salt Lake that 
Some OU fans were going. It's just right off the highway. I'll, I'll, I'll think of it, but it's just another thing that I guess Sutherland's is in Oklahoma, but it was this massive sporting goods store, and I was going to ask you if you'd heard about it before. It was at Salt Lake. Some OU fans are going crazy about it. Huh. Wouldn't they just have, like... There's one in Iowa as well. It's, like, massive. Like, they have a giant aquarium, and they feed the fish while you're there. I don't know if it's like a Bass Pro meets Academy all in one. Interesting, but huh. apparently it's 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 awesome. And How about I'm a little that? disappointed in myself that I uh, I didn't make the trip to go there. I I wasn't sure if people went to sporting goods stores anymore at all. Honestly, does everyone do like what percentage of shopping do people do online these days? Is it like ninety percent? I don't know about everyone else, but. It was north of 90% for me for Christmas. Yeah. And you know what? I hate it. I hate that I went about it that way. I know. Now, I will say the list that I got to buy stuff from were all from Amazon. But, God, the convenience, man. You can track it the entire time. You know where it's at. Couple of clicks. Hell, the list probably had it hyperlinked directly to Amazon for you. I just I wish I... I wish I didn't operate. We didn't operate this way, but it is so easy. Next day delivery. It's it's pretty fantastic. I know it. I know it. Uh, Shields. Oh. Thank you, Reese in San Antonio. That's what I was thinking of. You ever heard of that? Shields? Shields. S-C-H-E-E-L-S. So I guess Tulsa's Never heard of one. It. Sweet. Never heard of it. Huh. Shields. Well, you can Google it at some point this weekend and tell me if you're interested or not. Maybe we can do a show from there once it opens up in Tulsa. They sell guns. Sounds like it. We'll, we'll let you feed the fish during a uh, during a segment. Well, <laughs> what could go wrong? All right. Who, I like it. Who's winning the basketball game tomorrow in Norman? I'm I'm going to pick OU men's hoops, but a little nervous about it. Well, yeah, the ESPN whatever. BPI. 42% chance of winning the basketball game? Like, that's that's pretty dramatic, isn't it? You're going to pick them to win the game. Will you pick them to score 69 points in the win? It's the real question. Man, I do think it's going to be a lower-scoring basketball game because I don't know if you guys know this, but ISU is an elite defensive team. So... I'll take Oklahoma. What's the spread? Do you have a spread I, yet? No, I haven't. If text lines found one, let us know. I will take Oklahoma by five. 69-64. Yes. Okay. Woo. I was I was getting a little nervous about the game, but if you're gonna pick OU to not score mm-hmm. sixty nine points, then I was really gonna sell on this team. But okay, yeah. that makes that makes me feel better. Yep. I've I feel I feel as good as I can feel about it. I didn't like uh, I didn't like seeing we have a forty two percent chance to win the basketball game um, at home opener in conference play to a non top twenty five basketball team. But I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what else to say about it. Here are the percentage chances according to ESPN BPI for OU in its first ten conference games. Iowa State at home. 42%. At TCU, 34%. 34%? At Kansas, 26.9%. They're winning that game. West yeah. Virginia at home, 91.7%. Yeah. 
at Cincinnati, 32.1. Texas at home, 63.7. It's not like an old OU Texas score from back in the day. Close yeah. to it. Uh, Texas Tech at home, 68.1. At K-State, 49.4. At UCF, 41.6. BYU at home, 49.6. Dang. We're favored in two games, West Virginia and uh, or I guess three, West Virginia, Texas, and Tech. Yeah, all three of them are at home, yes. Jeez. Well, I mean, that's been the story of the Big 12 over the over the years. Hold serve at home and try and win a couple on the road. And you've, if you can do that, you've had yourself a hell of a season. BPI so. thinks they'll go three and seven in their first uh, ten Big Twelve games. Let's hope they don't go three Dang. and seven in their first ten Big Twelve games. No that would, kidding. That, that would take the win out of the sales pretty hey, considerably. So, what? What's the latest with West Virginia? Their basketball program. Yeah, I haven't seen one West Virginia game this season. I know they got a new coach. I think we well, all remember what happened last summer. They have a new coach, but their old coach didn't look like he was going to give up the reins. I feel like he's going to be sitting there on that stool. They're found like it sounded like there's going to be a revolution. Like it was like three yeah. or four weeks after the firing that all that happened. You remember? Right. Yeah. They're five and eight so far this year. Ooh, yikes! Not great. Yeah, there, there's it, and they open up at number three Houston. Uh, so that's going to be tough for them. They have Houston, Kansas State, Texas before they come to Oklahoma. Um, but, oh, my gosh, they're on <laughs> their early schedule. Their first five games are brutal. Houston, Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma, K-State, or uh, Kansas. Brutal. But, yeah, I think. They're going to need some of that uh, sauce that the old head coach had to get through that. Some of their they're going to be They're going to be calling old Huggy Bear after the first five or six games, be like, please. hey, uh, could you come back maybe, please? Interesting. Uh, right. By the way, the Dallas Shields has an indoor Ferris wheel, and the Tulsa listeners are already boasting that their Shields will have an indoor Ferris wheel as well. Apparently at Shields, you can buy anything from tinnies to 22s, as one text okay. just said. Okay. Uh, I don't care for Ferris wheel, but if you're selling guns and shoes, I'll probably stop in. <laughs> probably get a new pair of shoes and guns. Yeah. God, I'd love to see your shopping cart at a Shields. That'd be great. Bunch of ammo, uh, maybe a gun or two. Also, I, I don't hate when there's texture on uh, texture drama. Greg's? Some are saying that he must be a sloppy painter if he needs three-inch tape. There's some criticism going on right now. Well, I don't know about that. I got to tell you, there's sometimes where you just do what you got to do to get it done, uh, and painting may be the worst thing in history. So, like, I would not take offense if someone well, said I was a sloppy we'll just painter. See, we'll just see if Greg takes that or not. How he handles yeah. that. Yeah. All right, we got to hit a break. Quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up the day next here from Riverwind Casino. This is the re- the final hour of the week. Again, OU Iowa State men's hoops, 5 p.m. tomorrow at the LNC ESPN+. Plus. Can I read you a quote from former Longhorn Colt McCoy 
on former Sooner Kyla Murray, or is it just going to make you sick, all the love that's shared here? Uh, going to gross you I'd out? I'd like to hear it. Okay. No. Here's what Colt McCoy said on the uh, Pat McAfee show, which <laughs> that show's in the news today. Here's what Colt yeah. said on Kyler. Quote, I was around Kyler for two full seasons, almost three. I love Kyler. I don't think people understand how intelligent he is. He knows the game really well, plays it off feel better than anybody I've ever been around. Kyler is a good person. He's super sweet coming over to my house and playing with my kids. He plays wiffle ball with my son out in the front yard, end quote. Well, there you go. How about that? God, doesn't it make you feel good, all the love going around? The OU no. Texas, yeah, just, I don't know, it didn't sit right. Though, was Colt yeah. that hateable when he was at Texas? Not really. No. He and Sam one of were those like guys BFFs that, the time he, when they were both there. Oh, yeah. I, well, he's one of those guys that you didn't hear. He just, I mean, you know, quite honestly, there's only been a handful of Texas players that I don't like. Now, the fan base, the overall like program, the constant fawning over uh, Texas as the greatest job ever, and ESPN just can't stop praising Texas, no matter how horrible they are. It's there's always an excuse, and things are always going to be great next year. No one else gets that treatment. That's what I hate. I don't know why I just now realized this. I probably it was just always going to be the case regardless. But it was it was bad going into last year. We made comments going the last off season. Like, okay, we've we've seen the Texas hype before. We've seen it be out of control by ESPN and others. But going into this year, oh my gosh, it's annoying. It's crazy. Well, they just made a playoff and won the Big Twelve. If Quinn Ewers ends up coming back, and the way you and I feel about Quinn Ewers is pretty similar. It could be as bad as it's been in a long, long time with their hype machine. You think so? Or now that they finally have done something, they they get treated like most uh, other I, decent programs. I think get it's going to be out of control. Well, I guess regardless of Quinn Ewers, it may be worse if he leaves and Arch Manning's QB one next year. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, that is going to be a curious little situation they got going on there, isn't it? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Uh, former number one overall player and may have to sit for two years. We'll see if that yeah. actually happens. Yeah, that's right. All right, that's it for us. You guys killed it, as always, on the text line. You guys drive the show. We're just along for the ride. You know what time it is. Let's all go grab an ice-cold Pacifico. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.